Hello and welcome to the Flathead Beacon Podcast. I'm Andy Viano. In this week's episode, we'll take a look at the June 10th edition of the Beacon and dig into Tristan Scott's cover story, Who's Right? In that story, Tristan explores the political divide within the Montana Republican Party and what the results of the June 2nd primary mean for that divide. But before I bring Tristan on, please remember to pick up a copy of The Beacon for free throughout the Flathead Valley or check out our coverage online. You can read through our entire archive free of charge and get the latest headlines at flatheadbeacon.com. And remember that one of the reasons we're able to bring you the news from Northwest Montana free of charge is the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. Founded in 2018, members of the Editors Club contribute as little as $5 per month to sustain our journalism, and they snag some great perks along the way. You can join now or learn more at beaconeditorsclub.com. Stay tuned to the end of today's episode for a quick recap of the week's top stories, but for now, here's my conversation with the Beacon's assistant managing editor, Tristan Scott, And Tristan begins by explaining what the Montana Republican Party's Great Divide is and where it came from. So this division within the Republican Party in Montana has been around ever since I've been covering the legislature. But it really emerged in 2015 during the legislative attempt to pass a Medicaid expansion bill. And that's when we saw a group of moderate Republicans who began making, doing some, you know, deal making with Democrats in order to to fund a Medicaid solution. And that really rankled a minority of Republicans who didn't want to see Medicaid passed in, in any form. And so since then, that's grown. And in 2017 and 2019, rather, when Medicaid was up for renewal, that rift grew even more with these sort of hardline conservatives on one side and a group of more moderate Republicans on the other. And it's gotten to the point where they have come up with names. The hardliners have sort of memified themselves as the 38 Special, which is a reference to not only the firearm and the caliber of the bullet, but also the number of Republicans who sort of can consider themselves a part of this far-right faction, there being 38 of them in the House out of 100 lawmakers. The more moderate lawmakers call themselves the Solutions Caucus because they're willing to work across party lines in order to to come up with with solutions for, for their constituents in Montana. So I know you wrote about some of the races here locally that gave a good example of that. What were a few of those races and and what happened on June 2nd in those contests? Yeah, so some of the the leaders of the Solutions Caucus are right here in the Flathead, including former Kalispell Police Chief Frank Garner. He just won a primary race entering his fourth term and defeated uh, Jerry O'Neill, who's a former lawmaker and uh, an an ultra-conservative. He went after Garner very much to send a message that that Garner's uh, moderate brand of republicanism wouldn't be tolerated in Montana. Garner handily defeated him, but just the fact that O'Neill entered the race um, shows that that disparity is very much, very much alive. 
And then on the other hand, we saw Derek Skies, who's a, a hardliner, has been serving the legislature on and off for the past decade, win re-election after being challenged by D. Kirk Boone, who was a former chair of the Republican Central Committee in Flathead County, and didn't quite uh, didn't quite muster enough votes to defeat Skies, but came close and definitely ran on that more moderate platform. So there were two races in which incumbents were challenged, one a moderate and one a hardliner. Both hung on to their seats, but uh, but pretty pretty close races. Does that tell you anything about the flathead, that there were two races here that went different ways, or is that just a case of, of two different districts feeling different ways ideologically? I, I guess I'm wondering if it's that or if it's the familiarity in uh, those cases with the incumbent candidate. Well, and I think it's a lot of things. For one thing, we have... Uh, a lot of Republican districts in the Flathead. So anytime a, a Republican is primaried in his or her district, you know, there's going to be some flexibility to read into whether or not there's this this dimension of moderates versus hardliners. We also saw so there were about there were six of these races in which Repu- in which Republican districts were primaried in Flathead County. And it was pretty much a wash if you want to try and count votes in terms of tallying victories for the hardliners versus the the solutions caucus. Incumbency is always a difficult challenge for political newcomers to overcome. But in in one case that was closely watched across the state that was sort of billed as a, a, a hardliner versus a 38 special versus solutions caucus race, the victor who won by just a a few dozen votes, Brian Putnam, he had no idea that he was entering this kind of battle. And he uh, told me that he just wanted to improve safe paths to school in his district, which includes uh, the northern portion of Kalispell and the unincorporated community of Evergreen. And he ended up beating the one-term incumbent, David Dunn, who very much identifies with the 38 special and wrote several letters in advance of the primary election trying to advance their cause and to, to encourage others to, to primary more moderate Republicans. So I think it, it was a mixed bag in terms of the, rec- the familiarity of incumbent candidates as well as um, some, of, some of the messaging about this inter-party rift. I know in your article you talk about Frank Garner and the Solutions Caucus uh, remarking or writing after the race that, that that group was still going to have a presence in Helena at the, uh, the 2021 legislative session. And I, I, I want to ask sort of how this rift plays into uh, the potential outcome of the governor's race. Obviously, there's been a Democrat in office uh, in the governor's office in Montana for quite some time. And, and I'm sure some of the people in the Solutions Caucus would say, look, if we didn't work with that party, there'd, there'd never be any legislation that gets passed. What could happen if the, the Republican candidate, Greg Gianforte, becomes governor? Do you have a sense then of, of what comes of, of the Solution Caucus? Right. Or whether we see sort of invert an inversion of how things have played out in the past, because you're right that having had a a Democratic governor for the past going on 16 years, it was to the Republican majority's advantage to sort of um, 
fashion these parlays with Democrats on really critical stuff. You know, obviously the 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 one task at hand for every lawmaker who goes to Helena is to pass a balanced budget, but there's also these uh, these massive spending bills and that include infrastructure and policies like healthcare that are really important. And it's hard for a legislator to go home at the end of a session and tell their constituents that they, they didn't accomplish anything. So there has had to be uh, a, a lot of deal making with Democrats in order to pass these, these, these major bills that uh, affect a lot of people. Now, with a Republican governor on the second floor of the Capitol building, that means that the conservative faction uh, might be able to work with the governor in order to get bills that they disagree with vetoed. And so the Solutions Caucus then would be marginalized um, along with, with Democrats and, and probably wouldn't have the same success that they have had in the past. Whether that's going to happen or not, or whether in the event of a Republican governor being elected, that sort of congeals the party is, it remains to be seen. I'll let you go on, on this question, and we can sort of zoom out a little bit. You know, we, we talk a lot about the partisan political divide in this country between you know, Republicans and Democrats, and, and that doesn't appear to be getting any closer uh, or coming any closer together. What do you see for the future of the Republican Party? Do there seem to be some, some hopeful signs that, that they can bridge this divide and come closer together, or is that division just getting worse? Well, I talked to Frank Garner at length about this, and he described himself as sort of a hopeless optimist. But I do think that there's room for, for this rift to heal. I don't think it necessarily has to take place under the, you know, under the authority of a Republican governor. But if it's going to happen, it may well happen, happen this session. That said, the Republican nominee for governor is Greg Gianforte, who is certainly a hardline conservative um, in at almost every level, and he defeated in the primary Attorney General Tim Fox, who is isn't exactly a, a moderate in his own right, but is certainly more moderate than Greg Gianforte. So, it, you know, I, although I think a lot of Republicans want to see the party mend. Uh, this division, there's also a chance that it can be exacerbated because of, you know, conservative values really being elevated under a Greg Gianforte governorship. Well, Tristan, great work on the story this week, and uh, thank you very much for the time. Thanks, Andy. You can read Tristan's story and everything else in this week's Flathead Beacon right now by picking up the paper at locations throughout Northwest Montana or by visiting our website at flatheadbeacon.com. Now, here's the latest news from the past week as of 4 p.m. on Tuesday, June 9th. Montana continues to report a slow but steady stream of new coronavirus infections, with six new cases reported on Tuesday morning. Gallatin County, where Bozeman is located, has been the hardest-hit county in the state since the outbreak began, and it has experienced an uptick in cases in the last few days but the largest current hotspot continues to be in Bighorn County. Health officials there reported their first death from the virus on June 5th and have imposed some new restrictions that go beyond the state guidelines. Employees at all Bighorn County businesses must have their temperature taken before starting work. 
with those showing a temperature of over 100 degrees not permitted to work, and dine-in restaurants have been restricted to 50% of normal capacity. There have been 41 confirmed COVID-19 cases in Bighorn County, and 26 of those cases remain active. There are just 51 active cases in the entire state of Montana, and none in Flathead, Lake, Lincoln, or Glacier counties. In other news, the massive demonstrations against police brutality in the wake of the killing of an unarmed black man named George Floyd by Minneapolis police officers has now reached the Flathead Valley. Protesters lined up outside Whitefish City Hall nightly last week, and on Saturday, a crowd of more than 1,000 peaceful protesters lined the sidewalks outside Depot Park in downtown Kalispell. That protest, which lasted more than four hours, was organized by a pair of 17-year-old girls who were outraged by the video of Floyd's killing and started a Facebook page promoting the I Can't Breathe protest. The protesters were joined in Depot Park by dozens of heavily armed so-called peacekeepers, some of whom coordinated their appearance with protest organizers in order to, in their own assessment, keep the peace at the peaceful protest Saturday. No protesters made any attempt to damage any property during the event. Elsewhere, in one other bit of election news, it appears that Republican Larry Abel has won his party's primary to challenge for a seat on the Flathead County Commission, emerging from an extremely tight three-candidate race. Abel earned 88 more votes than runner-up Tony Brockman, and the race is still eligible for a recount. Abel, who is a heavy equipment operator at Weyerhaeuser's medium-density fiberboard plant in Columbia Falls, said he was surprised to have run the race, telling the Beacon his opponents had, quote, nicer signs. And finally, the National Interagency Fire Center delivered a dose of bad news earlier this month when they predicted the potential for wildfires in western Montana this summer is higher than average because of hotter-than-normal temperatures and abnormally dry conditions in some part of the state. Complicating matters further, officials say they will need to be mindful of COVID-19 when fighting fires and will try to avoid grouping together firefighters from agencies around the world in order to fight the biggest fires, as has been done in past fire seasons. That's all for today, but one final reminder that to get the latest breaking news, to read all of our in-depth stories, and to get caught up on all of the latest Beacon podcasts, visit flatheadbeacon.com. Until next week, thanks for listening.